Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Shear Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and we are so pleased that the Lord has led you to spend the next 15 minutes studying God's Word with us. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is teaching a thought-provoking series on heavenly authority, and we have been studying about Samson in the Old Testament book of Judges. Today, we pick up in chapter 13 and verse 5, with Samson's mother receiving instructions from the angel of the Lord that her son will be a Nazarite. So let's all settle in and join Pastor Greg in the study as he continues with his Sunday message. You shall conceive and bear a son. How can God deal with the Philistines? This barren woman will bring forth the way that God will deal with the Philistines. She will conceive and bring forth a son. And her son Samson will be raised up and anointed by the Lord with supernatural strength. But the question is, that's how God deals with the Philistines. That's how he's dealt with the people from Midian. That's how he's dealt with the Amorites, with the Egyptians. Great anointing power upon his people Israel. The question is, how does he deal with Samson? Samson is chosen. Samson is a deliverer. But Samson, we'll see, has great personality problems, great character flaws. It's easy for God to deal with the Egyptians and the people in Jericho and the Philistines. God can anoint mightily. But how do you deal with Samson? What do you do with the individual's problem inside? How do you change a human being to do what's right, even the supposed heroes, when they do what's wrong so many times? How do you change that sinful condition in the human heart that's in David, that's in Samson, that's in everyone in the Old Testament? That's how you know the Old Testament is an honest book. It's a true book. Because it doesn't make its heroes so great. It tells us the character flaws of each and every one. How Abraham takes the handmaiden. How David looks at Bathsheba. How Samson, who's anointed with such power, ruins his life. How do you deal with Abraham and David and Samson? We know how you can deal with the Philistines. That's why God raises up another son. And you shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall save his people. He shall deliver his people from their sins. He is the great deliverer because only he can deliver every human being that comes to him from their greatest enemy themselves. He is that he is. Verse 5, the angel tells the wife of Manoah, he tells her, don't drink wine or any similar drink. Do not eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. No razor upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God. A Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. 
he shall begin. The deliverance from the Philistines starts, it's not finished, but it starts with Samson. And to have him specially consecrated, specially set apart for this purpose, he's going to be a Nazarite. He's going to have a Nazarite vow upon him even from the womb. He shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And you remember the words to Zacharias in Luke chapter 1 and verse 15. Speaking of John the Baptist, Zacharias is told of his son, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. So John, as a baby in Elizabeth's womb, would jump when Mary comes, filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. And he would, his whole life, not drink wine nor strong drink. And we find John later on out in the wilderness, wearing camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey. He was a Nazarite. Actually, in the scriptures, we know of only three lifelong Nazarites, John the Baptist, Samuel, and Samson, from the womb. That word Nazarite uh, comes from the Hebrew word that means separated, consecrated, literally the one who is separated. Let's take a moment, since it ties into the authority series, to read about the Nazarite. Let's go back to the book of Numbers, what was told to Moses in the book of Numbers chapter 6 and verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When either a man or a woman, so either a man or woman could take this vow, when either a man or woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite, to separate himself to the Lord. Remember, it's a vow of separation. He shall separate himself from wine and similar drink. He shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from similar drink. Neither shall he drink any grape juice nor eat fresh grapes or raisins. They were to go near no wine whatsoever, no intoxicating drink, and even grape juice and vinegar were included, just in case someone might say, well, this is really not wine, this is grape juice. Uh, the whole spectrum to keep the Nazarite away from any intoxicating wine is included here. Verse 4, all the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine, from seed to skin. All the days of the vow of his separation, so no drinking of wine, no razor shall come upon his head. The hair must grow. The hair cannot be cut. No razor shall come upon his head until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall be holy. Then he shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. Third thing. Okay. No wine. The hair cannot be cut. He cannot go near a dead body. He cannot go near a corpse. He shall not make himself unclean, even for his father or his mother, for his brother or his sister, when they die. 
because his separation to God is on his head. The symbol of his separation is the long hair. And he cannot make himself unclean. Even if, if a family member dies, he cannot go near the body. Verse 8, all the days of his separation, he shall be holy to the Lord. And that's the point of this Nazarite vow. A time of consecration, a time of being separate from the world, doing things a little differently than the world does it. No wine, no cutting of the hair, no going near a dead body. This time of separation, he's holy to the Lord. For that matter, it goes on to say after this in chapter 6 that even if he accidentally breaks a vow, if a person very suddenly dies beside him, he has to undergo a ceremony of restoration, and he has to start the period of the vow all over again. And you go to verse 13, it says, Now this is the law of the Nazarite. When the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall be brought to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and he shall present his offering to the Lord. And it goes on to describe the sacrifices that are made for the Nazarite in the fulfillment of his vow. There's a ceremony of release. The offerings are made, and he's released from the vow of separation. Verse 18, Then the Nazarite shall shave his consecrated head at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and shall take the hair from his consecrated head, his set-apart head, and put it in the fire, which is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. So he shaves his head, the hair goes off, it goes in the fire of the peace offering, and the vow is completed. Verse 21, this is the law of the Nazarite, who vows to the Lord the offering for his separation. And besides that, whatever else his hand is able to provide, according to the vow which he takes, so he must do according to the law of his separation. It's a vow, it's a law of separation, and they fulfill it, whatever else they pledge, but these things have to be done. And this characterizes the Nazarite. So the Nazarite was a person who took a vow to separate himself from some worldly things, and to consecrate and make himself holy unto God. Abstain from wine of every kind of intoxicating drink, even grape juice. Uh, Proverb 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a maca, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. And we know that we've seen that with people when they get intoxicated. You see on television these spring break parties where the kids go and they get so terribly drunk and they don't know what they're doing. A terrible thing to be controlled by alcohol. This was to ensure that the Nazarite was not controlled by any other spirit other than God. So he couldn't touch any wine or intoxicating drink. The hair grows, a symbol of his separation to God. He can't cut his hair. Upon his head is as though he's wearing a diadem of his consecration. It's a visible sign of consecration to the Lord. And as we said, he couldn't go near a dead body. No part of death. Notice, the vow is normally for a certain period of time. It's a temporary situation. It's for a time. That's why when the vows period is over, he goes and he presents the sacrifice, he shaves off the head, and he or she is released. The Old Testament does not tell us the typical number of days, but the Mishnah, the Jewish law, 
places the length of time normally as 30 days. Sometimes there was a double vow lasting 60 days or even a triple vow lasting 90 days, even up to 100 days. But it was still temporary. It was a condition a person would take the vow for a certain period of time. They were not lifelong Nazarites. But here, Samson is a Nazarite to God from the womb. And we said the other two that we know about, making three in the scriptures, Samson, Samuel, and John the Baptist, dedicated the vow taken by their parents, lifelong, a perpetual Nazarite. How beautiful and faithful is the wisdom found in God's Word. I know in today's fast-paced world, it is difficult to find the time to write, but it is such a blessing when we receive your letters. And may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the church outreach of Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We look forward to being with you again on our next broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub.